That sounds dope. No. Don't be jealous of my mad skills. You don't have any mad skills, dude. I am mad skills. I think you want to think you're mad skills, but you're really not. I think you want to think that you think that I'm not mad skills because you're jealous of my mad skills. Are you sure that that's it? That's a hater thing because, you know, you're a hater. See you later, hater. I'm out. I'm not a hater, though, dude. Yeah. Oh, are, you, are you actually out? Is that what you're saying? Are you just going to, like, leave? Yeah. I mean, I'll stay here, but I'm not going to talk. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I know. I mean, whatever. I mean... Silence. <laughs> you're not doing too well at this whole not talking thing. You know who else doesn't do well at this whole not talking thing? TMBC. I saw that one coming. I mean, uh, I'm not talking to you. Oh. I looked up this morning and the sun was gone. Turned on some music to start my day. I lost myself in a familiar song. I closed my eyes and I slipped away. Welcome back to the Watchtower. We are back. In the sky, floating above all of you, and we're super excited about everything today. Welcome back in, my co-host as usual, Mr. High Speed Chase. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, man. How you been? Dude, I've been awesome. Yeah? How awesome? Pretty awesome, I guess. Pretty awesome? Yeah, dude, totally. Scale of 1 to 10. I don't know. Like a 10. Like a 10. A I mean, 10 I'm on the on show the right scale. now, dude. We're We're... we're Recording right now, so obviously it's, it's a 10. Obviously it's a 10. Obviously. Dude, everything so crazy. So there's rumors flying around. There's all sorts of movies coming out. There's things that we haven't talked about that are pretty much old news at this point. But, like, at the same time, we, we got to cover them anyway. You know what I mean? It's what we do. It's what we freaking do, man. What do you think? Should we start with Should we start with basically the, the stuff that's old hat that's worn out by now? Or should we start with the fresh new stuff? It's up to you, man. You're like the show leader. <sighs> the ringleader of the TNBC. The ringleader of TNBC. Mm-hmm. That's a good title. Um, uh, let's see. Let's, I'm going to start rapping. You're going to start rapping? You're just going to start freestyling I feel over like, the... I feel like I want to, but I know I can't do it. Yeah, you can't. Uh, it's it's probably a bad move for us, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, said, I did just watch Straight Outta Compton. Yeah? So, I feel like... You're just in that mood? I'm in that mood, man. But you, just, you didn't actually come see that movie with us because I, it was kind of spontaneous and you already it was. plans. Yeah, I was I already doing stuff. For that. I was in the middle of like a huge writing session, man. It was, it was good stuff. A writing sesh? Oh yeah, a writing sesh, nice. dude. Um, yeah, no, it was fun. How was Straight, Com- Straight Outta Compton though? It was pretty gangster. Pretty, g- yeah, surprisingly, it, w- <laughs> it was very gangster. Yeah, actually it's not, it wasn't like a gang like a gangster isn't gang related yeah yeah like it was more about the music and uh their like uh their message or their ideals. message and how they st- started out yeah i mean obviously with those kind of movies it goes over a span of what, five six years it's actually pretty short for those kind of movies mm-hmm. uh starts on 86 and i think it ends in the early 90s like 93 oh, okay or four well, like right around when easy e dies yeah, when did okay. he die? Ninety five, I think ninety five, maybe maybe ninety four. Yeah, it was right around there. Okay. Um, it had that um, was basically the kind of ending. Yeah. Spoiler I alert. I figured that would be the Easy ending. Easy dies. But <laughs> In yeah, real life. Just, yeah. Real life spoiler. Yeah, it was kind of it's, it's kind of sad. Hashtag real life spoiler. I think that's a new thing I'm gonna do. 
That's bad. Real Hashtag life? real life spoiler. It's like spoiling something that actually happened in the real world. Yeah, movies based on what is this a biopic? Biopic, yeah. That, that's what they call. It's like with Steve Jobs. Like spoiler, Steve Jobs dies. Dude, I had, it's not even come out yet. Not I even know. a preview for that new I one. I spoiled it I a saw the year in one. advance or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's really cool. It's just an origin story. Um, and with those movies where they take place over several years, the a- actors don't actually age yeah. that much, so they try to make them age. So it, it did seem kind of like the whole time they were new to it. Yeah. Like, which was weird because, you know, they kind of started it, but... Like, new to it, so what do you mean, like, they were new to it? Do you mean the they're actors? They're new to the in- industry. Oh, okay. Like, so the, the people who they were portraying. Yeah. It's like NWA. they were always, yeah, still trying to figure stuff out, which maybe that's how it was, but... It was really cool. Um, you get to see Ice Cube's son play Ice Cube. Yeah. Devin was, actually was like, dude, that guy looks just like Ice Cube. <laughs> like it's, it's Ice Cube Jr. Well, that's that's like that was one thing that I thought too when I was when I saw like the previews and everything. I was like, dang, that guy looks so much like Ice Cube. And then I realized that it was his son. I was like, oh. I couldn't get it out of my head, man. He looks so much like Ice Cube and he didn't at the same time. Because mm-hmm. it, it was like, I can tell that you look like your dad, but you have some other features. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, you know, exactly, but but a bit. <laughs> it was That's weird. Funny. It was like he was too close to looking like him that he wasn't close enough. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't make sense. No, I, I get what you're saying though. Like I, as much as like I don't get what you're saying, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's cool though, dude. But I, I definitely want to see it. I'll have to see it really soon. Um, so the. Uh, I think the the sort of the objective that's uh you know been been sitting on this week's episode for quite a while is finally our review of uh of Batman Hush. Did we not already do that? We didn't already do that. We read it a while ago, but we still haven't reviewed it. <laughs> I actually yeah, I actually read that one a while ago. I mean, it took me a while, but yeah. it was a while ago as of now. We got we got thrown off by like delays and then by uh you know doing the the bracket and having the group shows and everything. So it's we just have so much going on. So much going on right now, guys. At TMBC Productions. Oh, the Watchtower is just packed. Um, but no, let's let's talk about it, man. This is so this storyline, the Batman Hush storyline, is the first um, the first comic book storyline that I ever read. Ever, ever. So the okay, cool. the last issue of Hush was the first comic book that I ever picked up. You what? You read the last one? Yeah. We, so, you, so you knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen, but I mean, I was like, when I picked that up, I was uh, I was pretty young, and so at the same time, like when you're that young, you're just looking at the cool pictures and stuff. You know, you're not really focused on the story. That's true. And I didn't understand what was going on anyway. I was like, oh, something about the Riddler, and like I didn't even know who Hush was because he's not even in that last issue. Really, I actually read the whole thing, and I still don't understand any of it. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was just me or the book, but I found it really confusing and uh, not. It didn't like suck me in like most comic book stories like this do. Really, like Black Black Mirror or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was way more into that one. This one was just like I don't even know what's going on because they're trying to confuse Batman uh-huh. throughout the whole thing. Yeah, confused well, me. I liked that. So, and and actually, uh, really quick, like random plug, I guess. Um, we actually last week on Savage Land uh, reviewed Batman Black Mirror. Um, what? Yeah. I, Without and, me, I know, I, and like I, I like I was, I, I wish um, that that we had had you on because it would have been a great, a great episode to have you on the Savage Land. Um, I actually, I'd actually have to read it again. Yeah, that one, one was, I did. Oh, man, that was really good. I like that one. It's way good, and it's like it's really dark and twisted. But anyway, this the, we're totally not. This isn't a Black Mirror podcast today. As much as like I, I, I turn so many episodes into Black Mirror episodes, sometimes I'm just like it's such a good storyline. 
Um, but no, I so the the thing I did like about this was so this was Jim Lee's first ever um, DC comic. He had been on Marvel for years and years, and then he was at Image. Um, and so this was kind of his his entry into the DC world. And he started with Batman, and he kind of basically they wanted to take a, a tour of Batman's rogues gallery in his initial story arc. You know what I mean? So they wanted to have as many as they could in this one book. As many as they could, yeah. Maybe that's why I didn't like it is because they they tried to jam so many people in, mm-hmm. and uh, it just kept switching. I mean, the whole Poison Ivy. I didn't understand what Poison Ivy was doing. She somehow got cavorted into it because she's in the beginning. Yeah, she's and, basically there. Like I, th- and I think the biggest thing was that like everything. It was a very, like, it was full of, like, you know, misdirection and, and, and a lot of, you know, sort of things like that where Batman was getting thrown all these different directions where, you know, his mindset would go into a different place and it would kind of keep him off the scent of what was really happening, I think, was the idea of it. But I don't know. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, they were trying to do that, but I just, it didn't mm. work for me. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people said that this is, like, one of the best Batman stories. Hush, you know? Yeah. A lot of people hold it up that way, and I... I don't know. I just not for me. Yeah. I mean, they had the Joker in it, but just yeah. kind of as, like, oh, look, it's the Joker who, who's the one that shot this guy, but it yeah. turns out that the Joker just wanted to get beat up to mess with Batman. Yeah. And he was, like, willing to take a beating to screw with him. Joker has nothing to do with the story, other than it's misdirection, again, you know. Yeah, well, and I think that was the biggest thing. It's just, yeah, it's a story about misdirection, and, and I think they were, yeah, like, trying to find excuses to basically get every Batman villain they could in there. Um, it was, I think, like, the, the I appreciate this book most for its art, I think, and especially because this was, like, like for, for this being the first story arc that I ever read of Batman, it was awesome to be able to get this introduction to like every character in the batman world you know what i mean yeah it was like okay now i understand you know and i knew who nightwing was because the animated series but it's like you know i understand more about who nightwing is more about who tim drake is i know who jason todd is you know it kind of gave the little teaser for jason todd coming back um i understand now clayface uh huntress who who is you know somebody that i knew nothing about um going into it because she had never been in anything before you know uh, as far as like the tv you know like animated series and stuff um and you know like killer croc and a few people like that it kind of like it just sort of introduced you to them and i think that's what i appreciated about the most and then the art was really exciting i think oh dude i love the art the art is that old school kind of style where it looks like they're just wearing um spandex yeah exactly and like you can see the wrinkles in it and everything i don't know why but like i think that's really cool yeah i I mean the armor like the new stuff where they have like armored and everything has a purpose Mm -hmm. it's cool it's kind of been overplayed ever since the dark knight trilogy yeah um but yeah this old school art is probably one of my favorites yeah i i love it and that's the thing is like jim lee is somebody who kind of like you can see a lot of the inspiration of like um guys like jack kirby or um um george perez you know something like when when we read um uh teen titans judas contract the art was george perez um that's like way school or yeah, <laughs> old art. George Perez is like way old school, and you can see in Jim Lee's art, you can see a lot of that inspiration, but you can see how he modernizes it and makes it more angular, makes it more exaggerated. Um, but you can also see the same, like really similar, you know, facial structure, a lot of like the pronounced cheekbones and chins, um, you know, and, and just some of the proportions and the way that he does things. Yeah, I mean, I I think I was like mistaken, like not mistaken, but um, saying I don't know. This isn't actually like old school art. Like the old, yeah, from the old school is like when it's um, not very good artists. I would say like the Judas Contract. 
is um like comic book yeah. art. This well, I, this is more I don't know. It's like 80s, isn't it? The so well so um Teen Titans the Judas Contract was in the 80s, yeah. Oh, or, that or one 90s is? actually. Oh man. No, this this Batman Hush is from 2003. What? Yeah. Oh man. That's not old school at all. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, it's from 2003, but Jim Lee's, you know, inspiration came from people like George Perez, who was really big in the eighties and nineties, you know, whose, whose inspiration came from Jack Kirby. And you, like, if you follow, if you read like a Jack Kirby story and then a George Perez story and then a Jim Lee story, it's kind of like, you can see sort of this evolution of comic book art as a medium and sort of the way that it's kind of grown over the years, you know, where the poses start to get more dynamic, you know, the, the features get a little more exaggerated, things like that. Um, you know, and you can sort of see the parallels in, in the art styles, but at the same time, it, it does evolve and kind of become a much more, you know, modern looking thing. Yeah. I mean, I like how the, they look like, they look real, mm-hmm. you know, they look, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of no. hard to explain. I know. But... It's, it's, just, it's sort of that, like, uh, what do they call it? Like, um, sort of like impressionistic but at the same like it's it's somewhere in between like uh you know a caricature and, and kind of a, a somewhat you know realistic you know like it, it's 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 got some realism in it but it's definitely you wouldn't I, I don't think you'd call it realistic i think it's just got like you know realism mixed in with cartoonism sort of yeah however you'd say that i mean they got a lot of detail <laughs> yeah definitely too. So yeah, no, and, and the fight scenes, I think that's one thing that Jim Lee does uh, very well is like the fight scenes, you know, showing somebody in action, like taking, sw- you know, taking a swing or like when Batman and Superman are fighting, like awesome scenes. Yeah. And I, I really, I liked a lot how, how much it gets inside Batman's head, you know, like when he's fighting Superman, like when Superman's coming after him and just throughout the entire story, you really get inside his psyche and, and what he's thinking at the time and things like that. And I, I liked that a lot, but yeah, I think I think the overall plot itself was very, I don't know, mired. I don't know. Like you talking about the ending, just just the plot throughout the entire thing. But yeah, I mean, what what was your thought on the ending? I uh, I don't know. For me, it was like kind of disappointing. Really? Because wasn't Hush his friend? Like that one old uh, yeah, Elliot? Tommy Elliot. Yeah, Tommy Elliot. Yeah, and then he just like dies. Yeah. Well, and I does think- he come back or is that like his? He's dead. He comes back, yeah. Um, but that that was like one of the things that I actually kind of liked about it was that like they make you know they title it Hush, they make this huge deal about you know him and Tommy Elliot and all that stuff, and so it gives you like all of this obvious foreshadowing of like okay you know the ultimate villain is is Tommy Elliot and it's about him, and then you know by the you know the second to last issue all of a sudden it's like nope it's not about him. Yeah, I thought it was dumb. Really? I'm sorry, I don't know if I pissed I liked people it. off by saying that because oh, it, it all of a sudden is like. Just the Riddler being pissed off because yeah. he used to be a big time baddie, but he's not anymore. Yeah, I can see that. I just like for me, I kind of liked it because because it was sort of the unexpected. You know, like they they led you down one road and then threw a curveball. Yeah, I don't like that because it's not like Black Mirror where mm-hmm. um every, like stuff from the past, um the beginning mm-hmm. and the past of Jim's life kind of mm-hmm. comes back and it all makes sense and it all fits together in the end like a puzzle piece where it's like oh that's yeah that makes sense this is just kind of like um guess what it was a riddler and you're like oh yeah well, i didn't see that coming at all which that's is true. what some people like with like you were saying but yeah. i like to not be able to see it but see how it also fits yeah and like i should have seen it i uh, yeah i get you there i and i do and and it's for me it's like the reason that this is one of my favorite stories isn't because of its merit as a story i think it's just because of the nostalgia for me 
because I definitely like there are you know there's an entire pile of Batman stories that I hold above this one as far as like quality of yeah. storytelling um, and, and a lot from the same writer actually uh, Jeff Loeb also did two stories that are two of my favorite called um, The Long Halloween and then the sequel to Long Halloween which is called Dark Victory um, awesome crime stories awesome mystery stories and I think I, I'm tempted to put Long Halloween as our next one, but I'm like not sure whether or not to put a Batman one right after a Batman one. I mean, I've I've heard of Long Halloween, yeah, and it, it's pretty big. But that's what I heard about Hush. I mean, we did a fan vote on Facebook, mm-hmm. and it was unanimously Hush over Batman. All Star Batman and Robin. All Star. I don't know if that one was just less known, and but like I held this one up to such a high standard because it was supposed to be such a famous story. I mean, it probably yeah. is still a famous story. And a lot of people love it, so I was expecting a lot from it. Maybe yeah. that's why well, I was a little disappointed. I think with Hush, I think Hush is a a a story for people like who for people who want to get an introduction to the Batman universe more than it is a great Batman story. I think that's really the purpose it serves, and I think that's one reason why it sees so much fame is because when you know when like you have a friend that's like, oh hey, I want to like you know who are all these you know side characters in Batman or whatever, like people who want to like learn more about Batman. I think it's a good story to hand them because it, it gives you basically a tour of the Batman universe in nine issues or whatever. That's true. Because um, yeah, there's a lot of characters, and not to <laughs> go back to Black Mirror again. You're fine. This yeah. is kind of like a comparing the two. Yeah. But that's pretty much the only two I've I've actually read. Yeah, like, like these old Batman stories or like famous Batman stories. Yeah. But Black Mirror, the main villain, mm-hmm. um, you don't even know him. He's not even a villain. He's not a rogue. Yeah. He's just... Um, what Jim's son? Yeah, exactly. He's he's Jim's son. Yeah, yeah, and like, obviously that one's not going to be very good for like people. Well, it was for me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, no, honestly, I read that one was the first one, and it's not even Batman. It's Dick Grayson. Yeah, but maybe I just like the story more. But well, and that's the thing is, I so because of your reaction to to that story, that's actually why I recommended that one for Savage Land because they're on that show. They're you know for the most part Marvel readers. Yeah. And so uh, Mitch hadn't read a, a Batman story at all. I don't think Matt had read a Batman story at all. And Rachel had read a, a, a bit of DC, but she hadn't read any of uh, any real Batman stuff. And so I started them all on it, and they all freaking loved it, you know. And so, like, I think it actually is surprisingly a great start on a Batman story, even though it's not Bruce Wayne, it's not a major villain, and there's not really any, any major villains in play at all. Yeah, well, it's not even like a... Batman story like yeah, if I, everybody thinks Hush is like a Batman story and it's like the introduction to all these characters uh-huh. then Hush would be the Batman story and then Black Mirror is just it's kind of like a just a, a Gordon family story yeah it's not know? even yeah it's not even focused on Dick Grayson anyway yeah yeah but, I know yeah. it's it's really interesting that way and I, I I like that aspect about it and it is I mean it is focused on Dick Grayson a good amount because like you do sort of I think Black Mirror does delve into his psyche a bit and like the things that motivate him and the thoughts that he has while he's sort of trying to be Batman and trying to figure out, you know, what, how much is him, how much is Batman, whatever, you know, like, and, and sort of come to grips with that, uh, with that role. But at the same time, yeah, it does focus a lot more on like the, the interpersonal relate, like the interpersonal relationships rather than, you know, the inner monologue of Dick Grayson, other than the overweaving sort of thread that ends up coming to the to a culmination at the end when he's looking in the mirror at himself, you know? Yeah. And it kind of brings all of that back together on his own psyche. Um, yeah, it's really cool that um, it, both these stories, I mean, this kind of turned into a hush comparison to Black, <laughs> to Mirror. Black Mirror. Yeah, which is fine. Um, 
But yeah, it shows the different, like the diversity you can have with the same character or in the same universe, at least like the Batman um, from Hush and yeah. then the Batman from Black Mirror. Completely different stories, completely different structures. There's not any any, any rogues in yeah. uh, um, Black Mirror. Yeah, at all. I did like how this one, like I kind of like that comic book vibe where everybody, all the villains come out and they all have costumes. Yeah. But. They were all major rogues. Yeah. And that's what's cool. That's why you play like the Arkham games. It's because you get to go through yeah. and fight different if different bad guys. Like I want to fight him and him. That's why yeah. um the I mean the major downfall for Arkham Knight was lack of lack characters. Of that, like, yeah, that tour of the tour of the universe, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's Arkham Knight. Yeah, I, I feel like actually like this. I feel like this book is like I'm glad you made that comparison because really I think this book is like the almost like if you were to take the spirit or like the appeal of those Arkham games and put them into a book it would be hush yeah like Arkham um, City the first yeah. one even that like one. that like they're like even the costumes yeah because the old costume from Arkham City is yeah. just like the basic costume yeah it looks just like this one you know just kind of basic spandex utility belt totally kind of thing and yeah. I would say that. Yeah, it's, that's a funny comparison. Um, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, before we move into um, the Fantastic Four review, because I, I know you kind of wanted to talk about Fantastic Four a bit, and, and yeah, there's still a few things that I have to, to talk about it. But uh, did, you, did you guys discuss it on the Savage Lands? We did discuss it on Savage Land. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's... It sounds like it sounds like there's still some stuff that you yeah it's uh, yeah I mean we'll get into it in a minute yeah um I can see on your laptop yeah so uh, there's a uh, next topic the, yeah exactly and it's it, you know it's kind of moving over towards the Fox realm of things um but uh Liev Schreiber might actually be coming back as Sabretooth for the the third Wolverine movie that'd be really cool right because kind this one is back I mean this is obviously a view know anything about x-men or anything you know this is hugh jackman's last yep. portrayal of the wolverine which makes me so sad i know it's like disappointing but it's it's time i think it's got to be a good one though because the last oh, one yeah. the wolverine was decent there was like two x-men two mutants in the whole movie yeah. which disappointed me that's why i like x-men so much because there's so many mm-hmm. um different characters with powers like in yeah. the first um x-men origins wolverine mm-hmm. hated by everybody Loved by me. Really? Maybe I just have a weird really? um, taste in movies and comics and stuff. But I love that one. It's like the Hush. You know, it has so all the characters. Yeah. Even though they did a really crappy job with a lot of the characters. Yeah. I thought the story was awesome. And it's not comic book, like source material, you know. Is it? The So X-Men Origins Wolverine, like... About half of it actually drew pretty strongly from the comics. Um, in the the story that they um, it's called, just called Wolverine Origin. It was when they tried to sort of you know tell the origin of Wolverine because he had been ambiguous up until I think it was in the '90s that they that they made the origin story arc. Um, but his origin had never really been told, told, and so they finally decided to tell it, and they brought in the whole bone claws thing and. Um, you know, the origin with Sabretooth and his whole, you know, the dad thing and the name James Howlett, um, all that stuff. Isn't that why a lot of fans are kind of mad about the X-Men Origins Wolverine movies? Because, um, Wolverine was kind of this mysterious person that didn't know too much about his past. And then all of a sudden they just show it all like whatever. I think it kind of takes away from the character being mysterious kind of thing. Yeah. Like it, 
it takes a bit from the character being mysterious, but then, like, I think the biggest reason that a lot of people were mad was, A, the fact that they gave you such a great Deadpool at first and then just ruined it by the end, and then the, the Gambit story arc wasn't that great. Um, yeah, Gambit was awful. But yeah. me being not a comic book person at the time when I saw that one, yeah, um, I was in high school, and, like, the Deadpool, the whole storyline fit together, you know, him being a Deadpool of all the other... Yeah, I was yeah. like, a oh, pool, that fits really cool. A pool of dead mutants, yeah. Yeah, but obviously that didn't work out for the Deadpool lovers. I mean, no. we're getting our own Deadpool movie, so I guess they're going to fix it. Yeah, I, I hope they fix it. It seems like they will. I think they will. Yeah. I don't know. It looks cool. <laughs> but we're not talking about Deadpool right now. Yeah. But no, I, I so I think that honestly what they have the chance to do with this movie is really, you know, tie the last... So this will be the same director as uh, as the Wolverine, um, which I, I really like the idea of. Um, because he, I think he was a good director. I think he did a good job on, on the Wolverine, um, especially where... Because it really did focus in on, on you know... Wolverine himself on Logan and his character and what makes him tick. And I think that was a good thing because, you know, it was something that we hadn't really seen since, you know, X-Men 2 where a movie actually does hone in on his his mentality. Um, or I guess really the first X-Men, because X-Men 2 was more about all the kids. Um, but, you know, I think with this, especially if they bring Liev Schreiber back as Sabretooth, it can kind of tie it all together in a knot you know what i mean where you know you're bringing it back and his his past is coming back to him you know you've got Sabretooth coming back around that sort of family you know rivalry and kind of the the sense of like you know what you know everything like we're, we're back to where we started you know it's it's all coming to, to to bear now you know um but then also i think they'll they'll have a really good opportunity to show the the progress of of logan as a character you know and and then give the opportunity to really show the juxtaposition between where he started and where he's sort of ending you know yeah i'm kind of interested to see how because this is the last movie for for this uh, yeah the wolver i don't know if they're gonna have like replace him with a different actor are they gonna they will i think try and reboot somehow i bet they kill him yeah, but I mean, they're going to have to, if they want to continue with this new, they've kind of did us like a soft reboot. We've talked about this before on the show yeah. of X-Men. They're all new character, all new actors, um, but set in the 80s. So they're restarting in yeah. the same universers but they can't really do that for Wolverine. You know, they could. Because he's been the same age for a very long, or yeah. looked the same age. That actually, that made me think of something, which is like, oh, that's it's kind of weird. Um because what they could do is, you know how basically now there's two Wolverines that he's sort of splintered. There's the Wolverine that's back in, you know, like the present, and then there's the Wolverine that got stuck in the past with Mystique and Stryker. Yeah. They could recast that Wolverine and tell the story of, like, you know, where he went and all that stuff. Yeah, are they, like, planning on doing a whole different origin story? Because after Days of Future well Past, could. Stryker finds him, and they're going to, I don't know if they're going to go with the old world, with the original... Because um, they, they origin story, or are they going to try and redo it? I don't know. It's kind of a mess. Yeah. Well, they they could dismiss it as like you know, okay, then basically everything that happened happens. Um, but you know, it it could they could go a few different ways with it. I think, and and I guess we'll just have to sort of wait and see. Um, because right now they're not touching, they're not they're not necessarily contradicting yet anything from the first movies except Nightcrawler. You know, Nightcrawler is the only part that they're really taking out of place. Yeah, because they don't meet Nightcrawler until, until X Men Two, older. Yeah. 
but then they're not i mean they're not involving Iceman. they're not involving rogue they're not involving you know a lot of those um younger mutants they are well they're not involving colossus because colossus is actually going to be in deadpool um you know so like they're not necessarily contradicting any of that stuff so they could very well just be like oh yeah and then you know the story arc stays the same as what it did in the first three x-men movies or whatever or they could recast him and have the young Wolverine, you know, with Mystique and and you know Striker and and you know sort of do a different, you know. Yeah, so they just do an actor change. Yeah, but yeah, because um, after Days of Future Past, everything's it's a different timeline. Yeah, basically they've they've pretty much yeah just established a different timeline. Well, even the Wolverine, even the future Wolverine comes back to is a different timeline. Are they going to yeah. be picking up from there for the third Wolverine? I bet you they pick up from from where. Um, uh, see, that's so tough. They, they could, uh, this is where time travel gets messy. Yeah, for franchises, for sure. They, I think, I bet you they could pick up from where the last one left off, which is which would be cool because um, Patrick Stewart is already confirmed for this movie. Yeah. So we do have the original Professor X. They could bring Gene Gray back into it. They could bring Scott back into it. You know, the the old actors for them, and really make this like the last old X Men movie. Yeah, they could that's what I was Rogan. thinking that too. I was like, really they're cool. just kind of ending that universe and then starting over and like, okay, this is the new yeah. stuff. Don't try to figure it out. Just go with it. Yeah, type thing. I like, mean, this we is had the to do it. Story on this one because everybody's been recast. Yeah, and, I mean, they had to. This is probably just closure for all the rest of the characters. I think so. I dude, that would be really cool if they if they did give closure on all like because I know they sort of did that in Days of Future Past, but if they actually involved them in like one last story, you know, where you tie up all of Wolverine's emotional connections with you know with Jean Grey, with Professor X, with uh, Rogue, you know, all of his sort of close emotional connections in his life get sort of tied up, you know, and then obviously Sabretooth would be another huge one to tie up. Um, that'd be really cool and like sort of mix that in with like a. You know, an amalgamation of Old Man Logan and Death of Wolverine, like sort of tie just like all of that in one sort of pot yeah. and mix them together, and then just retire the entire old cast. Because yeah. I know they're not going to be bringing back the old actors for Iceman, and I think Rogue's Rogue. probably done too. Yeah, oh, definitely. They're not. all going to be done. They're too old. Yeah, to, to fit in with the other characters is what I mean. Not that they're too old, but it just wouldn't make sense with these other characters that are like twenty years old. You know, and they're eighties. I mean, and those characters aren't actually born yet probably not exactly yeah they're yeah and i mean and they they could do a retelling where those characters you know do end up coming in in like the next movie or whatever um because i think in the next movie it's going to be in the 90s actually the next movie after apocalypse i think they're decade hopping because first class was in the 60s um uh days of future past was in the 70s and now this one's going to be in the 80s i bet they go to the 90s for the the next one and then they try to get caught up to nowadays with all well that's going to be hard because the cast can't actually age 20 years and well they can't and i think i think they'll go to the 90s and probably stop there you know what i mean because then it gives them a good amount of leeway for their characters like for the actors to actually get old in the franchise you know what i mean and so they can have tons of movies without worrying like oh this actor's getting too old type thing Um, oh yeah they can just jump ahead a couple of years yeah exactly Uh, that would work i mean this is this would be the first um comic book movie based on in the past yeah like especially if they're going to be going from the 90s and like just stay in the past for a while. Yeah, or you mean the first franchise based in the past. Yeah, first franchise. Cuz they already had First Class and Days of Future Past, but this yeah. would be a full trilogy based in the past, which would be super well, it yeah, is. Yeah, that's what now. that's what I meant like the yeah. whole um Fox's Mutants uh X-Men yeah. are all based in the past. They're not yeah. actually going on right now. Like The Avengers is like 2016, yeah, 15, it's like whatever it's now. Which is kind of cool because then it like gives you room to imagine that they're taking place in the same universe. <laughs> you could. Like all the X-Men stuff happened before and now the Avengers stuff is happening now. That 
that's kind of funny. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I think like I think this actually has really awesome potential because none of those actors from the original series are necessarily big ticket actors. You know, I mean, Anna Paquin is probably the most expensive one of any of them. Um, but you know, like James Marsden, uh, Famke Jansen, uh, you know, obviously Anna Paquin, and then um, Bobby Ashmore, or I mean, Sean Ashmore, who played Bobby. They could probably get all of them for a reasonable budget again, and still have Liev Schreiber, Patrick Stewart, and, and Hugh Jackman. Just to finish off the, just to finish. The, off like the your characters are done. I'm sorry, we yeah. kind of we kind of recast you, but I don't. I think that's a pretty good plan. I mean, if that's not That'd what they're awesome. planning, we should just go tell them like, hey guys, sure. we got a plan for you Dude, guys. I'll write a freaking spec sheet for it and send it to them. You just know, send like, this episode, man. We we've detailed it pretty well out. Oh, yeah, I mean, we can draw totally. it out for them. But we could, we could write a script even. Yeah. Oh, dude, we should. Totally but you know, do like that. they could. I'm just kidding. Well, because I mean, they could mix. You know, Old Man Logan. Like as far as the character arc of Old Man Logan, mix that with a bit of Death of Wolverine. You know, to give it a lot of closure there. But then, you know, instead of the supporting cast of a lot of you know the the things and events that were happening, they replace those events with you know things that can be happening with these characters. You know what I mean? So the character arc sort of gives the homage to Death of Wolverine and Old Man Logan. I've actually never read any of those. Really? So I have Maybe, no idea what you're talking about. Dude, this is ah that that's a great idea actually. Let's do is our next comic book one? Old Man Logan Old Man or Logan. Death of Logan? I'm going to do both. Yeah, let's do Old Man Logan and then uh and then we can follow that up with Death of Wolverine as well. All right. I mean, I don't know how long they are, but I could probably read both of them in a couple of years or so. A couple of years yeah. based on my past um <laughs> seriously. Just kidding. Um no, we could Old Man Logan's the longer one. Um I say we read Old Man Logan, and then if, if we do end up with uh, with some time before the next review, we can do Death of Wolverine as well and do a whole podcast and then see, give ideas for how they could tie it all in and stuff. That'd be awesome. We should do that. Let's do that. Okay. It's a plan. You so, heard it here. Yeah. First. Next, the next, cool. wolf, the next r- comic Only book here. review is a Wolverine-centric episode. We'll do both. All yeah. right. We're committing to doing both. both. Full-on Wolverine. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. That might be cool. Um, all right. So now that we've kind of dipped into the Fox waters... Let's talk about Fantastic Four, man. I know this is a lot, kind of a late news for most people. It is late, but that's all right. Better late than never. But we're always late. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. I don't know about you, but there were parts like it's not like the greatest movie, but yeah. for me it was um it's a great science fiction movie, sci-fi movie at the beginning. It's like, "Oh, are they going to do this?" And then all of a sudden, you know, they achieve what they're going for, and then all of a sudden it turns into some half aid superhero mm-hmm. movie about like they threw in Dr. Doom. I mean, barely any, no character development on Doom. Yeah. We have some on um, Victor, which he doesn't seem like that bad of a guy, you know? Yeah. You don't grow to hate him by the end of the movie. It's just like, it's oh, true. well, I guess he's psycho now because he spent a year. That's true. In nowhere land. <laughs> but Yeah, I, they, I mean, they teased, you know, they teased a little bit for his eventual turn, but definitely not near enough to to really justify an entire villain arc. Um, but no, I, I agree with you that like the sci-fi part of it, I think was was really enjoyable, and and the I think the actors were all actually pretty good. I thought all the actors were amazing. I mean, Miles Teller, I I was a little skeptical when I f- saw the whole first cast, uh-huh. and especially the guy who plays Ben Grimm's. Yeah, well, you, and you can go back to, to you know our early episodes when we were talking about it, and we, we kind of talked about the cast, like, I don't know. Well, it's yeah, it's a strange, but it's like, oh, it's different, and then yeah. when you see the previews, it's like, oh, it's really different, but even in the previews, you're like, what is this even about? Like, they're in the middle of nowhere. Like, what are they trying to save? And then it's like, oh, 
the Earth from yeah. being eaten by this other planet, which was kind of random too. Yeah, it just didn't fit, you know. Yeah, it was a bit weird, and I like the biggest curiosity that I have is, you know, what was the the original shooting script like? The you know Josh Trank's final draft. What was that? And then you know what all changed for the final one? Because it's it's clearly obvious that there were tons of scenes cut out of this movie. Because if you watch the previews, half the previews weren't in the movie. Really? Yeah, like there's you know the there was like three or four fight scenes that weren't in there that were originally supposed to be. There was like the scene with Thing dropping out of the the helicopter. I think they showed that on a monitor screen in the background. They didn't. No, they didn't show that one. They showed a different one where he's like beating up some tanks and stuff, but they didn't show the dropout scene. I don't know. I don't really want to go back and watch it again to see if it's there. <laughs> so obviously it's not that good of a movie, but I don't want to go out back and watch That's it again. That's true. That probably says a lot about your opinion. I, I will actually probably see it one more time. Um, Maybe I will too um, down the road. But not that it was like so bad that I don't want to watch it ever again. It's just yeah. one of those movies that you can't – you don't want to go back and watch immediately. Yeah. Like, like oh, I watched it once. Now it's – yeah, done. It's not like an enjo- enjoyable second viewing yeah. kind of a movie, but I this is a movie that I would really like to see a director's cut of because I think like with Ben Affleck's Daredevil, for instance, that movie was not very well liked. But then when they released the director's cut, the director's cut of that movie actually had some pretty dang good reviews. Really? Yeah, of the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Um, it, I don't know if we're ever going to see a director's cut with Josh Trank because they're not Fox. And uh, Josh are not on the best of terms. No, they are not. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the unfortunate part is I would really like to see what the original vision was for this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they went back and totally chopped it up. You can tell. Oh, my biggest, tell. my biggest complaint. I already talked to you about this <laughs> was, you know, the obvious shots that you can tell that were um, reshot yeah. with a uh, Sue. Yeah. With, uh, cause her hair was like yeah. way different. You could tell so, like the wig, they could not get the wig right. Like, I don't know, understand yeah. the, how they got it that far off because all of a sudden she, she, she would start out and she was like the sturdy blonde yeah. and it was darker. And it was like bright. And then all of a sudden it's like bright blonde, fluffy. And I was like, you can't get close. I mean, if you look at the, the hair wigs on Arrow are way better yeah. than, and they use those constantly. Yeah. And I was like, they couldn't do that in this yeah. huge major well, budget the film. thing was it, it originally had a major budget and then the budget got slashed like during production and that's one of the reason they removed so many of those scenes is because they required too much special effects for the budget um, are you kidding the, yeah the budget got chopped dude like in the middle of production um that's pathetic i know it kind of sucks but the the one thing that um was kind of funny so I, I have seen it twice actually in my second viewing i noticed a scene where you, you know, watch fantastic four again yeah you know, so you know when Reed is like down in Mexico or wherever the heck he is, like, and they're looking for him. Mm-hmm. There's one scene while he's supposed to be down in Mexico, where the government guys, you know, um, Mole Man and and the other people, they walk into the the room where Doctor Storm is, and Reed is standing next to Doctor Storm in this like quick like half second shot. Reed is standing right next to him, and he's and he's supposed to be in Mexico. And there's this half second shot where they're coming into the like lab or whatever, and Doctor Storm's standing there, and he greets him. And Reed is standing right next to him. And then they cut away. And then the next shot that shows Dr. Storm, he's not there. Dr. Storm? Yeah. Johnny's dad. I thought you were talking about Mr. Fantastic. No. So Dr. Storm is there. Mr. Fantastic is there for half a second. And then in the next shot, it's just Dr. Storm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Really? It's super I weird. I want to go yeah. back to see that. Because it's just like Miles Teller is like standing there with his glasses on right next to Dr. Storm. And you see him like in full view for half a second. And then he's gone. And then he's back in Mexico? Yeah, well, because he was supposed to be in Mexico the whole time, which makes me think the Mexico subplot might not have even been in the original script. I mean, I thought that was awful. I hated that part where, you know, Reed gets out, he escapes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's gone for a year. And I was like, that's kind of a long time for him to be gone away from the rest of the Fantastic Four. And, you know, the whole one year later thing, I hate one year later. Yeah. Especially on this one, it was just like, oh. You know, it changes the whole vibe of the movie. Yeah. From like this, you know, them waking up with these powers and like, well, this is weird to all of a sudden they're being used by the government. Yeah. I don't know. It's just all out of like left field. You know, everything. They just like, it's like, it doesn't fit. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a weird amalgamation of a lot of things. And I, I, I just, I want to see a director's cut, even though I don't think we ever will. I really want to see one just to see, or at least like a script, you know, if Josh Trank were to just like, you know, well, they don't have the budget to do most of the scenes. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever see those scenes. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like, even just the script, like if Josh Trank were to just leak that to somebody, you know, he'd be screwed in Hollywood forever. Well, but I mean, you know, we wouldn't have to know that Josh Trank was the one that leaked it. You know, it's just someone in the media happened to get a hold of it. Yeah. Josh. (laughs) Talking to you. Josh. Josh. Are you listening? This just in, TMBC, a leaked copy of the Fantastic Four script. That'd be awesome. Yeah, if you give it to us, we'll pretend like we stole it. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll absolutely take full credit for stealing it. Um, but is, it, is that, you know, or is, did you have any other points you wanted to touch on with Fantastic Four before we move on? Apparently, they're still making a second. They're still making a second. And I, I kind of want to see that. I do, too. I feel like I hope they can redeem themselves. Well, there's enough potential there. There, yeah, there is a lot of potential. We've got this weird, shady origin story done, out of yeah. the way. We don't have to worry about origin stories. Now, now we can do like, a full-on um, superhero movie yeah. in this new universe they've created. Well, now, yeah, now we've got, like, awesome actors, and they they still own rights to, like, the scrolls, which are, like, aliens from the Marvel Universe. They could do an awesome scroll story. Um, they could even involve Galactus. Like, there's a lot of ways that they could go with, with a second movie, you know? Yeah, and... You know, they might mess it up again, which I wouldn't doubt, but I still want to see if they can do it, and I I want them to do it. I still have faith in Fox, man, just because, like, other than this movie, they've been hitting home runs for, for you know, pretty consistently. I mean, they not only had Days of Future Past, but they also had the Wolverine and then First Class. Like, ever since X-Men Origins, they've really been, been making some good movies, you know. Now they've got Deadpool coming out and Kingsman. Was out of the same studio, oh, like that one's bomb. Yeah, but yeah, I think a lot of people just want Marvel um, c- cinematic Marvel MCU movies because yeah. they're like, "Whoa, this isn't anything like that," and they just want Fox. Please give the rights back to Marvel. Yeah, that's or what the, a lot of people yeah. are saying. I, I, I just, I disagree, man. I mean, I think it would fit. Uh, Fantastic Four would fit perfectly into the MCU. I think it could. X-Men the problem is wouldn't. they. The problem with the Fantastic Four is. They wouldn't get really, and first of all, Marvel won't get the rights back until 2022, regardless. Um, Why 2022? Because that's how long Fox has the rights now that they made this movie. Yeah, but if they make another one in 2017, does it jump up? Yep. To 2024? It's seven years. They have seven years after each production. Unless they sold it back. Unless they sold it back. But the thing is, I doubt, first of all, I doubt they'll do that. Um, 
just because it is a property that has the potential to be, to be lucrative. Um, but the the thing is too, like I just I even if Marvel were to like I don't think Marvel is interested in buying the rights back in the first place because I don't think they're really I mean they could fit but I don't think there's a a real place for them in Marvel's plans right now. Yeah, no, they've already got everything planned out. All the exactly you and know, the plots that Fantastic Four plays and they've been replaced. And the, other... the amount of money that they would have to spend on on casting four major characters that that have the potential to have their own franchise that means they have to get pretty high build actors for those parts to have them cast and then thrown into an already expensive budget for like infinity war and other movies like that. It's just not realistic. No, so that's why I thought fantastic four. It'd be, I think it's cool to see different, uh, fan, uh, um, interpretations. Su- yeah. Different superheroes in different universes. Totally. With different interpretations, you know, not everything's in the MCU and then in the DCU. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, because, like, yeah, I mean... X-Men, too, because X-Men are perfect for their own franchise. And then yeah. Fantastic Four, sure, why not? Yeah, well, and even Deadpool, really. I mean, even though Deadpool is an X-Men character, he's kind of branching off into his own weird little world there, too. Yeah, and we like, were totally wrong about him not being rated R. Oh, yeah. It's rated heavily R. Yeah, we were very <laughs> wrong on that. <laughs> um, well, I'm actually surprised I actually did that. I am, too. But, but it, I mean, it is Fox, I'm, man. I'm excited for it. I think Fox is kind of at that point now where they're like, you know, like, we're going to be different from marvel for better or worse we're going to be different from the mcu so they're doing you know 80s movies that works doing... for me because absolutely we've got plenty of mcu movies Dude. with plenty of characters everybody needs to get over the fact that the fantastic four aren't going to be in it yeah when i what if for the third wolverine movie they actually go r on that too and go full blood gore violence i mean they did rumor berserker rage yeah that's what Wolver- that's what hugh jackman is saying is like berserker rage like that seems to hint at quite a lot of... I don't know, maybe depending on how well Deadpool does. That's probably their indicator. I bet they're waiting to, to you know, have a final, a final script or a final you know, um, shooting script, at least for the story, up until they, they see the release of Deadpool and find out exactly how well it does. I still don't think they would because Wolverine's too big of a character for um, the younger audience. Especially since they've already seen all the other ones. Well, but I mean, Deadpool is a huge character for the younger audience, though. Not he's not even established in that. You you not in the Hugh yeah, Jackman not, has well, been no. in like eight yes, movies. Yes, but what I'm saying is Deadpool as a character, the brand of Deadpool is huge in the young demographic. You see Deadpool shirts all over elementary schools. Yeah, but it's always like the kids that already watch R-rated movies. Well, the, but that's the kids I'm, that watch Wolverine movies don't watch our movies. But I mean, but do you really think that that many kids went to see the Wolverine? I don't know, because I mean, like uh, what I'm saying is, is the Wolverine itself was a pretty high PG-13. Like it was, it was kind of pushing it, and the director's cut of Wolverine was a pretty significant R. Um, and I think at this point, you know, because like the the actual director's cut was a lot higher praise than than the theatrical release of the Wolverine. Um, and so I think that might have taught him a little bit about the franchise that like, you know, they have the X-Men movies for the mainstream population or whatever. And then these branch off movies are kind of more, you know, more niche. I don't know. That'd be interesting to see yeah. a rated R film. Cause but when he says berserker rage, that, yeah, we've already kind of seen it in other movies where he like, well, cause kills no, people. that's what he said. Like in this post, he talks about like berserker rage. Fi- like finally is what he said. You know, we're finally going to be, t- you know, really bringing it into that full berserker rage, which means above and beyond what they've done in the movies before. 
Which means slashing people. Which if it was rated R, I'd, I'd go see it. If it's PG-13, I'd go see it. Yeah, I'll see it either way. But I don't know which way I'd prefer. I mean, obviously, me being older, mm-hmm. you know, I'd prefer a rated R version. Well, especially because, like, the biggest complaint about the Wolverine was, like, that one scene where he just gets, like, shot up with arrows. They really wanted an awesome, you know, super crazy ninja fight scene there, and it ended up just being him getting shot in the back a bunch of times. That was the worst part of the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's one thing that they listened to, and especially the director was like, okay, that's something we're going to learn from. You know what I mean? And, like, I think especially where you have, you know, Sabretooth versus Wolverine probably, that gives some serious violence potential. You know, arms being chopped off and growing back, stuff like that. I don't know if they'll go that far, but I'd love them to. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. So moving on over now into uh, the the rumor mill. We've got we've yeah, got yeah, rumor. some rumors flying around. I'll, I'll start off with this first one. This rumor is about Superman. Okay. It's uh, proof that Superman is Jason Todd. What? Yeah. Now, you guys might be thinking, <laughs> what, Jason? You are crazy. How could you possibly believe that Superman is Jason Todd? That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Just listen to this before you give me some, you know, your, your skepticism, your condescension. One, Superman is fighting Batman in this movie. Jason Todd is known to hate and fight Batman as well. Coincidence? Probably not. Two, an Easter egg that Snyder snuck by us fans. Superman's hair curl in this scene that uh, he's fighting Batman in the rain is identical to the shape of a crowbar. An object closely related to Jason Todd's death. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Jason Todd clearly styled his hair in this way to taunt Batman and remind him of his greatest failure. Coincidence? Definitely not. Three. Superman is known as the Man of Steel. You know what's made of steel, Chase? Crowbar. A crowbar. Coincidence? No. I think not. You just read that whole post. I'm reading this whole post. It's on. You can find it on on our on our uh, Facebook page. But the conclusion is Clark Kent and super, slash Superman in the DC Extended Universe is secretly Jason Todd, who was killed by the Joker and is now fighting Batman because he blames Batman for his ordeal. Confirmed. Confirmed. It's confirmed. We confirmed yep. it, guys. Whoever did post that originally, <laughs> I think, was a little sick of all the rumors about the actual rumors. Yeah, the actual rumors I mean, as, floating around. I mean, as great as that was, yeah, that's the hilarious. actual rumors are that the Joker, Jared Leto's new Leto, Leto. is new, you know, weirdo, psycho Joker is not mm. actually the original clown Prince of Crime, but Jason Todd, pissed off Jason Todd that kind of goes psycho and follows in the mantle yeah. of the Joker because of the Joker's um, origin story in The Killing Joke is he's swindled into becoming the Red Hood mm-hmm. and then falling into a vat of toxin well, while even, doing a crime. Even in The Killing Joke, though, he says that, that that might not even be true. Like, he, you know, yeah. he talks about, like, my past could be multiple, you know, I prefer my past to be multiple choice and all that Maybe stuff. Maybe he just made it up. But, but anyway. The original Red Hood is a persona. Yeah. Maybe known by the Joker. Before he was the Joker. Yeah. And um, after Jason Todd returns from the dead. He takes that on as an homage. Yeah, he takes on the mantle of the Red Hood with a pair of pistols and kills people. Yeah. <laughs> so. that's And that's that's been a really popular rumor is that, is that Jared Leto's Joker is, is Jason Todd, you know, sort of come back to the dead, from the dead to seek his revenge on Batman and sort of bring his ghost back to haunt him. Yeah, and continuing to take the place of the Joker. I mean, maybe in this one the Joker died, so now he's 
going from Red Hood to a psycho juggalo yeah. Joker. And Which I'd be pissed off if that was true. Really? I mean, I heard the rumor or the I don't know if it's rumors, but that there was an, a standing applause for the first viewing of um of Batman, Batman vs Superman. Superman. Yeah, and that's from the executives, so I mean I mean, yeah, if they don't know anything about the comic books, then obviously it's going to be a great movie like, oh no, his Robin becomes the Joker. Yeah. Oh, that's great. But for people like us and the rest of the world, is going to hate that. Maybe. Well, and so, and the thing is, well, so first of all, you know, the Joker himself isn't really involved much in Batman v Superman. He's more involved in Suicide Squad. Well, um, he is in Batman v Superman. Um, his let, they, he writes, you let your well, family yeah. die and that's obviously the joker it's I mean, obviously the joker i just don't think that i don't think that he's going to be like i think that that's going to be more of a teaser of things to come rather than a big plot point yeah he's not yeah Batman that's what Superman. i mean um but there's so there there is one more and honestly for that i might i like i i wouldn't mind it as much as most people would just because i'd be like that's ah, you know it's different it's cool and if they do a good job with telling the story then that that'd be an interesting way to go about it, you know, that he, like, maybe he comes back from the dead and kills the Joker and takes on the persona. That'd be You cool. would like that? I, I think, think it'd that, be interesting. That would, like, ruin two of my favorite characters. Because the Red Hood actually becomes a very intricate character in the comic books. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I like that. It's just, like, we already have the comic books, you know what I mean? Like, for me... Yeah, I don't, I want to see it played out on the big screen, man. You know the Red Hood is my favorite. I want to see I the know. Red Hood, not Jason Todd as freaking Joker. Yeah. I want to I just, see the Joker as the Joker and Jason Todd as Red Hood. I'm not going to be mad either way is, is, I guess, my biggest point is like, you know, if they go with that type of thing, then it's like, oh, that's, you know, interesting and it's a different direction to take it. And if they do a good job with it, then more power to them. Or if they go with the more traditional way, then it's like, awesome. You know, these stories that I already know, I'm seeing on the big screen, you know, with some with some different takes on them. Um, but there is there is one more take now, one more rumor about the Joker and his true identity. It's a very similar one. Not the second Boy Wonder, but the first. But the first. So that basically there was only ever one Robin. That That's Robin what was... I think that it's going to be because you see the tombstone of Dick Grayson. And I think to get rid of some of the confusion and, you know, him having more than one Robin, Robin, they're just going to mix them all together and call him Dick Grayson. Yeah. And kill him off. So I already had that kind of theory. Um, so there's and him being the Joker. Is just... So, yeah. Well, and there's there's a new thing there where um, if you look at the the shrine, you know, Robin's shrine, his costume in Batman v Superman, there are two what look like bullet holes right on the shoulders. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the still of Jared Leto's Joker, he also has like two marks, you know, that look like scars right on his shoulders in those same spots. Yeah. But the one I thought it looked like a mole on his right shoulder. I don't know. Like I could see the thought process there, but at the same time, I it does kind of look like a scar because it's not it's not something that Jared Leto actually has. So if you look at J- pictures of Jared Leto, there's no mark there. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting to say the least. He's also got um, feathers tattooed on his arm, yeah, his right arm, which people are saying is an homage to him being Robin. An homage to Robin. Well, and so, and here's and the other J thing too, Jason. is this wouldn't be the first time that Dick Grayson becomes the Robin in, in comic book past. Dick, G- Dick Grayson becoming Joker. Joker. I mean, yeah, because in, uh, in, um, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Isn't um, that Tim Drake? No, that's, you're thinking of Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond. Oh yeah. So that's why I heard that. Yeah. Um, but no, in, in Frank Miller's story, Dark Knight Strikes Again. 
Dick Grayson, um, I, I think he was in that story. I, I can try to remember the specifics of it, but that he was killed by the Joker, came back, exacted his revenge, and now like he was like the subject to a bunch of experiments. So he comes back as like this crazy super powered nut job Joker. Like he has superpowers and crap like that, and it's like this. It's a really weird story, honestly. Like Dark Knight Strikes Again feels like it was written by a crackhead. Um, I mean, even if it is actual comic books, that doesn't make it a, still a good story that yeah. fits in with the rest of the universe. Well, so, I mean, I think good story and fitting in with the rest of the universe are two different things. Because I think, honestly, having this kid, you know, basically be brought, you know, killed or brought to near death by somebody coming back and killing that person and then taking on their persona to haunt the person who caused them to, to die like that is actually a pretty cool revenge story. It's just in the context of these of, of this of of stories that we already know and love or whatever, it makes it kind of crazy. Because honestly, I think the Revenant that's that's about to come out with Leonardo DiCaprio seems to have a very similar story arc to that that we just described. Oh, I haven't seen anything for the Revenant. Oh, really? But I think it would make for a compelling story, but in the context, it would I think definitely turn a lot of people off. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not too big on the idea. I mean, it, it might be a good story, uh-huh. but no matter what, even if they do make Jason Todd the Joker or Dick Grayson and Jason Todd and Tim Drake all the same Robin and then uh-huh. turn him into the Joker, even if I do like the story, I'm still going to be pissed off yeah. that they kind of messed with all that. Yeah. Um, but. And I understand that. I, that I, I guess that's just where I differ from most fans where I'm like, well, you know, I mean, do something different. And if it turns out cool, then great. If it doesn't, then that sucks, you know? Yeah, I kind of I kind of ha- try to be like that. Yeah. But still, I mean, I'm not a big comic book person. Yeah. But Red Hood is my favorite character. Yeah. And Joker is one of my favorite characters as well. So, I don't know, it's kind of yeah. touchy for me I in get particular. You. But okay, if this were a, a rumor were actually true where his shoulders, you know, and Zack Snyder tried to hide that yeah. in the promotion, thinking nobody'll get that and all of a sudden they got that, I can see him just being like you freaking kidding me? I know. How did seriously. they see that? I know. Like if if and that's the thing is like there's so many rumors at this point that like a lot of them could just be like misdirection and everything. But like that would be so crazy if like that that one little thing was like oh gosh dang it yeah because be funny. I mean a lot of directors and people have been known to put little um, Easter eggs and Easter stuff. eggs and like spoiler kind of stuff in the promotion and like oh hey you know I should have seen that kind of thing but yeah. If everybody does see it, then it's like, oh, shoot, <laughs> my bad. I just ruined the movie. Seriously. Um, so there, there is a, a couple more pieces of news um, on the DC side of things, but, but more on the TV side of the DC universe um, that's, uh, that's come out recently. First of all, hashtag save Constantine worked, Chase. A little bit. A little bit. Well, and I think, I think this is something that will actually end up being a bigger story than it already is. So the, the, the real news was... Um, Matt Ryan's const, you know, Matt Ryan's John Constantine, who was in the show Constantine on NBC. Um, that show was really highly reviewed, not very highly rated as far as like the, you know, the viewership and things like that. Um, and so NBC didn't end up picking it up for a second season and, and the fans were really mad. You heard us talk about it on the show before. Um, but obviously the fans really wanted Constantine to come back because it was a very well done show and Matt Ryan was perfect in the role. Well, being that NBC gave up the rights to the show, it was now open territory. Obviously, DC still owned the rights to the character. So what they did is for one episode in season four of Arrow, 
John Constantine will be returning into or will be brought into the CW universe, still played by Matt Ryan and, and essentially keeping the same continuity from the first season of Constantine, which is awesome. I never actually watched that show. Is Constantine good? It's really good, actually. It's yeah. surprisingly good. Like, I kind of want to watch it just because, just to watch it. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, you know, I know there's not going to be any more. Well, so it's kind of disappointing. And and that's the thing is, so first of all, they're bringing him back for this one episode, but then Greg Berlanti. Or maybe more. Exactly. They, they're they open to the possibility of more in that show. And then Greg Berlanti uh, was talking about it recently, and he said he's way open to the idea of having Constantine be sort of a crossover character between all of their shows. So The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, which I think would be way cool. That'd be really awesome. I mean, they've already established this huge universe of, through three different TV shows where they're having yeah. crossovers, crossovers all the time and all these different characters that are crossing over. Constantine, I don't know the character very well, but it'd be uh-huh. really cool to have um, a character like him, you know, doing that. Yeah. Well, and he's, and they've said he's going to be very integral in the resurrection of Sarah, of Sarah Lance. You know, she's that brought back sense. for Legends of Tomorrow. Apparently he's going to be one, you know, really a big part of that. Um, and I think that would, you know, give him really cool, close ties to Legends of Tomorrow and I think with Arrow, there's so much because Arrow's already dealt so much with like you know kind of the mystical side of the DC universe, a lot with like Ra's al Ghul and the League of Assassins and stuff. I think Constantine would actually fit really well into that. I think that's what they're trying to do. I saw them their panel at the Comic Con, San uh-huh. Diego Comic Con, and that's what they're this season four is going to be d- diving into more of a mystical, yeah, kind of like uh, magical kind of stuff because they're yeah. going to have a. Uh, no, that's for Flash. Dr. Light, a female version of Dr. Light. Oh, yeah. Dr. Light's really cool. It's going to be in Flash, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be cool. I yeah. mean, I actually just finished um, season one of Flash and season three of Arrow. I'm finally caught up. At a boy. No more spoilers for me. That's what I was. I really wanted to get yeah. everything done and watched. So Give by us the your time, thoughts, dude. Uh, season three? Of Arrow, yeah. And season one of Flash. Oh, season three of Arrow... Um, a lot of people, from what I was seeing online, were kind of disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little disappointed. It wasn't what I was expecting, but it was enjoyable. Definitely. Very dark and depressing. Yeah. This whole identity um, theme for season three yeah. got overplayed and was kind of annoying by the end. I could see that. And um, yeah, Felicity mm-hmm. is one of my favorite characters. She wasn't herself. She was very d- crying the whole time, Yeah, basically. So it just didn't, I don't know, a lot of it was not the same tone. I, and in season four, they're going to be changing his costume, changing his name. And I think he'll officially be known as Green Arrow with an arrow bunker. And he's going to start becoming the comic book yeah. hero. Well, That's and, what everybody was asking. So I think that they're going to deliver. And Starling City is, is finally going to just be Star City, just like it is in the comics. They've yeah. officially confirmed that the police badges show Star City. Yeah. Which is so cool. So, yeah, we'll get to be seeing a more comic book uh centered arrow and his outfit looks so badass dude it's pretty cool it looks awesome and and speedy is finally suiting up as well i hope they give her a different costume because i don't know i didn't really like the whole like female version of arsenal as speedy i was kind of expecting a different kind of take on it yeah different um outfit well i think with her because i think the reason that she's doing that is is kind of an homage to roy you know because he had that whole like self-sacrificing thing and and you know she obviously was in love with him and everything and so i think she's trying to pay homage to him by wearing a similar outfit i mean that that's that's true and that'd be cool um 
And obviously, I mean, we've seen that their outfits change from season to season, so she could very well do like a red and yellow outfit next season, which would be way cool. I think it'd be really cool. But I'm kind of disappointed that Roy isn't going to be a part of it um, yeah. as a main character anymore. Um, I know that they were just planning on having a, uh, the actor mm-hmm. be in it for two seasons. Yeah. But, well, I mean, so, especially for this season, as him being Arsenal, yeah. he kind of got underplayed a lot. He did. He was just kind of like this, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and like, there, there were a couple of episodes where he was like a total idiot. Like, I I don't love the actor. Um, but, yeah, the biggest thing was it was kind of a mutual decision. Like, he decided that he didn't want to keep being a regular on the show. Yeah. And so, because his contract was up, so he didn't have the obligation um but yeah they'll be having him sort of in there a bit yeah that's what i heard too which would be cool um it's not like i don't know the whole dynamic between the him and his sidekick mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't like compared uh, as much as compared to the first two seasons where it's just arrow yeah but now he has this whole team in in season three he's always with dig and he's always with arsenal yeah and i just kind of like the whole like um oliver queen coming in and being like butt. the loner, yeah. Yeah, by himself. That was a really cool part of of season one is it was basically just him with some help from Diggle and some help from Felicity, but really mostly him actually going in and being part of the action. Yeah. You know, just like on this like, you know, freaking rampage through the city. Like that was cool. It was cool. And the fact that he was killing people. Yeah. And then, you know, by season two, he wasn't doing that anymore. And the new yeah. theme was um, I'm redemption. Tr- redemption. I'm not trying to kill anybody. I'm trying to make things right. Yeah. And I'm like, Will they stop doing the terrorist attacks on Star City? <laughs> because it's like even the cop, every Lance, year. detective or Captain Lance, yeah. that's an also a thing in the show. Yeah. Captain Lance even says, "Oh, another terrorist attack. It must be May." Like cuz that's when the finale is. I was like, "Yeah, will you I mean, they I was surprised they did it two seasons in a row." I know, like, I was oh, too. Who would want to live there two terrorist attacks <laughs> at the beginning of summer at the same time? And then they did it again. It wasn't as big as the other two. Well, it's like, cause it, yeah, you had, you had like the undertaking for the first season and then you had Deathstroke's army coming in in the second season. Yeah. And then in this one, you have like the league of assassins or whatever. Like, yeah, well you had a, the biological attack, the four of them that tried to infect everybody with yeah. themselves and not a lot of people got hurt and it wasn't a big fuss. Like the first two seasons, which I thought they were going to like not have this, you know, the city know about it kind of thing. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that would work. But and they knew about it. <laughs> I'm still kind of curious. Oliver Queen has been um, exposed as being the arrow twice now, first on season one and then now on season two. Uh-huh. How is he going to come back in season four without them being like, are you Oliver Queen? <laughs> I don't know, man. Is he going to pretend like he's a different person? Like I'm green, green arrow with a I, different suit. I don't think you I'll pretend he's before. a different person. Like maybe, maybe he'll just embrace it. Like I'm Oliver, like cause the, yeah. they announce it on the news, and then you know they prove it wrong because well, oh yeah, because Roy Roy claimed that he was the Green Arrow. Yeah, are they going to pretend like in season one how everybody just forgot and was like, oh yeah, we? Well, I don't think it's that everyone forgot. I think it's just that like everyone's like, oh okay, it was Roy Harper the whole time. And they brushed it under. The, well, he comes back, and I was like, well, didn't Green Arrow die? Like maybe it was Oliver Queen, and the fact that there was two like once Roy pretending to be Green Lantern. You know, green comes arrow. down green, uh, green Arrow. Sorry, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. You're fine. Uh, green Arrow comes down and says, "I'm Green Arrow." Why mm-hmm. didn't like anybody else be like, "Well, there well, was who's that Arsenal. One? Where's the one in the yeah, red?" That's true. And, like maybe they saw through that whole thing. Like 
what if he's the sidekick and Oliver Queen is the Green Arrow and he's That's just true. taking the fall for him? He's too short to be the Green Arrow. <laughs> for real, he was really short. I think they did that on purpose. He's too. like a he's like a short, not quite as buff Channing Tatum, don't you think? Yeah, kind of. Like that's that's always what he's reminding me of. It's just like he has a Channing Tatum type face. Not like that they look the same, but like he's got that type of face where it's just like that weird like like how the girl calls him Abercrombie or whatever. Like he just looks like he's supposed to be on like some sort of clothing ad. And like yeah. he he's you know he's just like that that like prototypically buff dude, but he's just like shorter and not as muscly as Channing Tatum. Tatum is. Yeah, he's, I mean like he's toned and he's pretty muscular, but he's not like big. At, yeah, he's not he, big. He's just like toned. He's one of those guys that like looks good even though he's not that big. Yeah, something so, I don't know. But you know, I'm I'm excited to see how they explain it because that is it is true. It's a very interesting thing, and I yeah I don't know. It'll. I mean, it'll he's be off on vacation right now with Felicity. Yeah. And they've told us um, on uh, the Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con panel, yeah. was that it's going to go back to being more of a happy. Yeah, a lighter, a lighter tone. Sure. Yeah, I mean, kind of like Flash. Yeah. I also watched Flash, which I thought it was awesome. And like that one, I couldn't stop watching because yeah. I wanted to see the next episode. Arrow, I kind of wanted to see it just so I can get it over with. Yeah, I get what you're kind of that. That's how I was too but watching that season. Flash was awesome. The first like half of the season, uh huh, seemed you know like the first half of Arrow season one, where it's just like they keep doing a new villain every week, yeah, and um, nothing really is going on with the story. And then it starts to get into the story, and it's like, oh, this is really awesome. Who is um, Harrison Wells? The guy who plays Harrison Wells, I don't know his name. Tom Cavanaugh. He is a phenomenal actor. He was my favorite in the show. And I think he's going to be returning as the original Harris Wells in season two. I hope so, dude. That'd be so awesome. Because they said on the same Comic-Con panel, mm-hmm. I watched them back to back. Um, they said to the actor, Tom, or what's his name? Tom Cavanaugh. Tom Cavanaugh. He's like, how are you going to be exploring the original Harrison Wells? And yeah. he said, oh, yeah, it'll be cool. You know. So I think it's going to be kind of like a you know, jump from a different time zone or well, that, or whatever that would explain like how you know like because he could be from the same reality as like wally west comes from or jay garrett comes from or whatever you know yeah like earth two i bet there'll be i bet it'll be like earth one and earth two and i bet on earth two jay garrick raises wally west and he has like you know that same dynamic as barry has with joe west you know sort of thing like this adopted father out of tragedy type thing yeah, i think I that'd be really that. cool. like um joe dies in the other in earth two yeah that'd be really cool Which would be way cool i mean we had a freaking argument about <laughs> time and stuff time travel we i don't really like it. time travel because it's hard to define yeah. certain rules but i think what we concluded that we're just going to be like f it let's watch what happens it's gonna yeah be cool. just just see how they explain it basically and then accept it that's yep. what all you can do with most um time travel is just accept it and watch cool and just stuff. enjoy the story yeah, yeah. exactly don't um, try to figure it out because <laughs> it won't work and yeah just hurt your head most of the time it doesn't exactly um, so one more piece of news out of the DC TV universe. And I don't know if you heard about this one, but NBC, the same people who canceled Constantine, um, they are actually developing a workplace comedy set in the DC universe. Yeah. I've heard about that. I don't know anything about that. What is that? So, and that's Elaborate. the thing, this came out of nowhere. Like nobody heard anything about it. So, um, here's, I'll, I'll give you, you know, the brief summary of it. Uh, Deadline reports that NBC has ordered um, a sitcom from DC Entertainment for a workplace comedy uh, based in its superhero universe. The comedy would be titled Powerless. 
Um, the sitcom reportedly follows the struggle of non-powered office workers who deal with superhero-related insurance claims in the DC universe. So, like, when people get their apartment building smashed up by a fight with General Zod or something like that, you know? <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Um, the Hollywood Trade reports that the biggest DC brands, like Batman and Superman, will not be appearing in Powerless, but it doesn't rule out other heroes, villains, and uh, characters from DC Comics continuity. Um, it'll be created and produced by Ben Queen, who scripted Pixar's Cars 2, as well as created on um, the short-lived TV series Drive and A to Z which I, I don't know what those two series were. Um, that's that's kind of a really cool idea. I'd watch it. First impression I got from that was when I saw the title was that the superheroes were going to be in the office. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But this seems like a good show. I, see, I guess I'm seeing kind of like an office, like the yeah, office, like the the office TV show. Except the stu- it's just basically like the background, the world that they're in is the superhero world, but the things they're doing has nothing to do with superheroes other than the fact that they're just dealing with all the damage. Like, oh, freaking another building came down because of a superhero again. I mean, it sounds cool, but the more you think about it, it's like, it's just going to be a comedy yeah. where they say, like, oh, every once in a while, like, oh, Green Lantern did this, or you got shot by... Well, I think every Red episode, Hood. I think every episode, yeah, we'll have a theme of like, oh, a superhero did this or whatever. Which I think is fine because, like, I, I love comedies and especially workplace comedies, I think, are, are pretty funny for the most part. Um, but I would love having one that has the backdrop of, like, we have to deal with all this freaking destruction because of all these superheroes. Like, that's so cool. I mean, it's cool, but I feel like it's – don't you think it's going to get old? Like, it might. It's just going to be, like, the old. only superhero part of it is, like, references. Totally. Like saying, oh, this happened, this happened. Well, yeah, and, and, then, and I don't think they're going to be relying on the superhero part to really – Make the you know I mean it, what it will rely on is is character development you know kind of like the office you know what I mean like the office wasn't successful because of its its environment it was successful because of its characters yeah and I think that'll be the same for this if they establish strong characters then basically the superhero part of it just adds an element of comedy and an element of kind of like contextual humor yeah you know because people it's it's kind of like a response to the people complaining about the Superman fight with General Zod and all the destruction I feel like it's kind of like a little bit of a response to that where it's like you know. Here's all here's all the fallout from that. Here's how they deal with it. Yeah, I mean I'd watch it. That'd be cool. I mean if they can do the characters right, it's perfect for yeah. um a story, a workplace comedy. If it's that's the thing is like if it's funny, then I will watch it religiously because I I love comedies and like just like having one more thing that sort of has, you know, any semblance of like the you know, the the characters that I love and sort of like the comic books and the world that I love, like I'm so down for that. Like if if every TV series took place in the DC universe, I'd be fine. That'd be cool. You know, I, I'd, I'd love watching uh, uh, Breaking Bad in the DC universe. <laughs> I think that's too much. I think you're going too nope, far. Nope. Anyway. Never too far. But I mean, if they do come up with that show, it might be cool. Yeah. They're, they're at least ordering a pilot, and I'm definitely watching the pilot. Um, one more piece of TV news. So two more total news items. One of them is TV. The other one is a, a movie news. And then uh, then we'll teleport back down to earth from the watchtower and uh, let this one be first piece of news um Haley atwell who is uh who plays agent carter in the marvel cinematic universe she has uh recently it's it's you know sort of a non-news story that's a little bit of a news story uh recently on twitter came out and said that she wants to be the doctor on doctor who I don't watch Doctor. I don't, I, I don't watch Doctor Who either, but I think it'd be really cool. I like basically the reason that I think it's awesome is because Doctor Who has a huge following. Haley Atwell's an awesome actress, and I think she does well at everything she does. 
and they would finally be, you know, there's a lot of people that have been complaining, like the doctor who is this, you know, being that really can inhabit anybody and things like that and could be anything. He's not even a human, but he always chooses to inhabit, you know, a white male or whatever. And so I think it would, you know, be, you know, sort of a step in a different direction there. And I, I think it'd be a nice refreshing take on things, you know, from somebody who's only seen a few episodes of doctor who I'm not a huge fan. Like I'm not a fan of it, but I like it, you know, I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah. I'd be I'd be down for that. I don't watch the show, so I don't I don't think my opinion counts too much. But yeah, but I think it's cool. Um, and then last but definitely not least, um, we both watched Jurassic World Chase. Which one was that? It's the the movie with the dinosaurs and Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah yeah. yeah. It's a little movie, you know. It's a kind of small release. Right. Um, the director of said movie Jurassic World. His name is Colin Trevorrow has now been confirmed as the director of Star Wars Episode Nine. Well, Seven hasn't even come out yet. Seven hasn't even come out yet, but they've got their directors for the entire trilogy. Huh. Yeah. Well, they're thinking ahead. They really are. Like, that's because, I mean, Episode Eight is really in, like, very, very early pre-production right now. And, like, there, there's literally no production going on in Episode Nine yet. And they've already got that their director. Ahead? Well, I, I dibs on like Star Wars like fifteen, yeah, sixteen maybe. I don't know. I know dibs, dude. Total. They because because they've got so for episode seven, obviously J.J. Abrams is the director. Um, for episode nine, it will be um, Ryan Johnson. That's and that's actually the one I'm most excited for. Um, Ryan Johnson directed uh, Looper. Did you, did you ever see Looper? Yeah, it was with Joseph Gordon Levitt. I really liked that movie. Um, but he hasn't directed tons of stuff, but that was one thing. And he also directed a few episodes of like uh, Breaking Bad. So I'm really excited to see what really comes out of that. Um, but he's also the one that will be writing the script for episode nine. Um, and then Colin Trevorrow will be directing it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited, man. I like that they're doing three separate, um, you know, three, three separate directors on it. Yeah, and it's I mean if they're planning everything out in advance all the way up to 9. Yeah. All three of these, this trilogy is going to connect very well. You know, like the original trilogy. I mean, if you look exactly. at the Dark Knight trilogy, uh-huh. The movies don't really connect. Yeah. You know, in the way that the original Star Wars did. So, this will be cool that they're planning everything out. They want everything, you know, they're going for the whole uh Marvel MCU, everything's exactly. planned out yeah. way in advance to, you know, get what you want. And I think that's how, you know, they really should be doing most of these things. Yeah. These I, movies. So I agree with you there. It'll be cool to see a new star Wars trilogy. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked for, uh, episode seven and they're going to be doing rogue one. Yeah. Here eventually. I don't know what that's going to be about. Yeah. So rogue one, um, is basically set around. So, you know how, when they talk about in a new hope, um, that they've set off on on several missions to try and steal the plans for the Death Star. Yeah, Rogue One is following a uh, a team that was on you know one of the missions to steal the Death Star plans. Who knows if they're the ones that actually succeeded and got the plans, or if you know they they actually end up failing. Um, but so it's it's uh, centered around that type of story, which is really cool. When does that one come out? Uh, that one will be out actually in 2016. Yeah, it should be right after. Yeah, I think it's uh, let's see. Uh, they don't. I don't think it has a specific month, um, but it will be in 2016. So I'm I'm willing to bet you it'll be. Oh, okay. Never mind. Release date December 16th, 2016. So it'll be a year after episode seven. Cool. Um, but yeah, and that one will be directed by Gareth Edwards, who directed Godzilla. 
Um, he's got uh, um, John Knoll is the the story creator, and then a few people doing the script. Um, and they actually did cast uh, this movie. So, do you remember um, Felicity Jones? She played that uh, assistant in Spider Man Two or Amazing Spider Man Two. She played Felicia, who was going to end up being Black Cat. Oh yeah. Yeah, so she's she's, she's playing one of the leads. Um, we also have um, the villain from uh, Casino Royale, Jaw Guy. Uh, yeah, no, no, Teardrop Jaw Guy. Yeah, Teardrop Guy. Right. Jaw Guy was uh, Skyfall. Um, and then we have Alan Tudyk from uh, Firefly. Um, we've also got uh, let's see, Ben Mendelsohn, who was in The Dark Knight Rises. He's the goofy face guy. You remember this guy, Chase? Yeah, he's in uh, Place Behind the Pines. Oh, he's, I never saw that movie. Oh, he's t- super on heroin. Really? <laughs> but yeah, that's the cast, so there's there's a lot of Star Wars news happening. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Can't wait for more Star Wars. Can't wait for more freaking DC TV, more Constantine, more everything. You should watch Constantine, man. It's a really good show. I'll think about it. They I tease mean, a lot of DC stuff. like, And they actually they do a lot of DC stuff. Like, There's things like you see the helmet of Dr. Fate. Yeah, like I don't want to watch it and then like be disappointed because I never get to watch it again. Well, that's the thing is there. I bet they'll be incorporating and continuing a lot of those things in the the other DC shows. So I'm not actually caught up then. So you're not actually oh, caught up because oh, now it's now it's canon. It it wasn't before, but now that CW has Matt Ryan, it's canon. Dang it! <laughs> Just more, when you thought you were out of the work. hole. Well, I'll have to do that. All right. Well, Chase, before we send us off a sailing here today. Do you have any last words for the folks, for the crowd, for the the huddled masses? Um, well, since we were talking about Star Wars, yes, may the Force be with you, and also with you, or something like that. I don't know, something. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. Take it and maybe.